0: welcome to the creative momentum podcast i'm your host jen moulton and i teach creative women how to make their passion projects real things that make a difference in the world if you're ready to stop letting yourself doubt hold you back and start doing the work you are in the right place let's get into today's episode welcome to today's episode meditation as a lifestyle Versus a strict practice. I've been thinking a lot recently about meditation. I have tried all sorts of meditation styles, retreats, trainings, etc. And as I've come to accept the reality that I am not an everyday routine person, meaning I don't do the same thing every single day, I've thought a lot about how meditation fits into that because I do identify as a meditator and I am committed to a meditation practice, but not necessarily a strict, I sit down for 20 minutes and it looks a certain way of practice. I've tried that. I made it a noble thing, like a character flaw thing if I couldn't do it. As I've come to accept the reality of who I am and what feels like it really serves me, and I've started to really enjoy feeling into what sounds good, what is calling to me, what is nudging at me and following that I've thought about how I have come to practice meditation versus again, the way that we very strictly interpret what a meditation practice looks like. But I think it's really been over the past year dropped the, I do this thing every single day and that's more noble having a very strict, almost dogmatic practice That is more noble than following what I feel called to do, following what feels like it would actually be of service to me, checking in with myself and really paying attention to that. I feel much more aligned with the latter and much more interested in it. So I've shared a little bit about this. I'm going through, I would say, many transformations this year. Life is giving me a lot of opportunities to grow and stretch and question things and release things and go into unknown spaces. And one thing that I'm doing is questioning everything I've taken on to be true from other people. I want to know for myself, does this feel true to me? Does it still feel true to me? Maybe it did in the past, but does it still resonate for me? If you're anything like me, which I'm guessing that there's parts of you that are, if you are resonating with this podcast, then Maybe you've taken things on from other people as the right thing to do or striving towards doing something, thinking that it means something about you as a person, your character, etc. Then I would encourage you to do the same, to really question the things that you have taken on from other people. And I think a way to find those things is to look at the areas of your life that you feel dogmatically about doing things a certain way. Like if there's not an openness and a curiosity about, is this serving me? Is this something I really actually want to do? If you're not thinking like that and you're just like, I should be doing this thing. This is the right way to do it. This is what someone else said worked for them. So I should figure out a way to make it work for myself too. That can be a clue of things that you have just taken on from other people. And it can be difficult to evaluate those things. It can also be very uncomfortable because again, if you're like me, then you get a lot of your self-worth out of how well you do things compared to how well you're told to do things or how well you take things on or how good of a student you are. That used to be the language that I thought about a lot. But as I've gone through these transformations this year, I think this happens when you get uncomfortable, when it Sometimes it kind of feels like your life is crumbling around you or areas of your life are crumbling around you. Or another way that I think about this is something is broken. Something that worked for a really long time isn't working anymore the way that it used to. And maybe you don't yet feel like you know what's next or what the next way of working it will be. This is a good time to really evaluate things in your life and practices that you do, all of the things, right? Beyond practices beliefs that you have about yourself or things you should be doing commitments you've made everything and anything is up for evaluation whenever you choose for it to be but really looking at practices that you've taken on as there's a right way to do this and there's a wrong way and if i'm not doing it the right way then i'm not doing it right or something is wrong with me a lot of times we make it mean something about ourselves. Okay. That was a little bit of a tangent, but that's what was coming to me as I was thinking about this topic. So all of this brings me to meditation. Pretty much everyone will tell you when they teach meditation that you should have a strict practice and a strict interpretation of what meditating looks like. And then if you don't follow that, it's kind of like you're, I don't want to say you're doing it wrong, but it's like something to strive towards it's something for you to compare yourself against and to judge yourself like maybe like, oh, well, I'm just not a serious meditator or I'm not disciplined enough or I'm not good enough yet. Maybe I'm not even committed enough yet, right? That's like the, the string of thoughts that you might have. And what I've really, I mean, I'm speaking from experience here. So what I've really started to think about is what if a strict sitting practice isn't the type of meditation that actually serves me? And I would offer that question to you. What if a strict practice, whether it's meditation, it could be anything else. It could be a creative practice, a painting practice, a walking practice, a writing practice, whatever. What if a strict practice isn't actually in service of you and your goals and what really matters to you and the life that you want to have and the way that you're programmed? And what I've really started to wonder is what if I could live life as a meditation practice? And I think that to me at this point, after several years of studying this and practicing it and going on retreats and being really curious about it and evaluating my relationship with it, that doesn't sound overwhelming to me. But I think that when I had first started the idea of something being a kind of a lifestyle or a life practice rather than a sitting practice, that might have overwhelmed me. So if I say that and that feels overwhelming to you, like just disregard this, just consider maybe another area of your life or just like hear this, listen to it, take it in, plant a seed, and maybe in the future, you'll be curious about it. You don't have to take this on. My whole thing here is to evaluate the things that we take on from other people. So I definitely don't want you to just take on what I'm saying. It's an offering for you to consider. I'm curious how it lands for you. So let me just make that disclaimer right there. But for me at this point, when I think about what if I could live life as a meditation practice, here's what I mean. Meditation is all about mindfulness. It's about present moment awareness and hearing your inner thoughts, your inner voice. It's about noticing without becoming intertwined or engaged with the ideas, thoughts, cravings, reactions, rejections, judgments that we all have. And here's what I'm offering here. It is possible to live your life as a meditative practice. It's possible to keep coming back to the present moment, noticing your thoughts and inner dialogue, practicing non-attachment or non-engagement is one way I like to think about it. Listening for that small, still inner voice and heeding what is offering you, me, us moment to moment. And I've said this before, but I'm gonna keep saying it cause it's my thing. And we are never offered much more than the next step in my experience. To me, what I just said is meditation in a nutshell. Noticing, coming out of awareness, getting wrapped up in something, realizing that you're wrapped up, going into non-engagement, coming back to yourself, coming back to a way I like to think about it is being inner oriented, I think is how I would say it. So rather than being oriented towards external things, like what is happening in the outside world? What is someone telling you? What feedback are you getting? Traffic, like 900 million things coming back to being oriented towards your inner self, towards your inner experience, inner life. To me, that's what meditation is, or that's what it's become. It it didn't start out this way for me. And when I think about it this way, I think it doesn't need to look like a strict practice where you are sitting silently in dedication, out of obedience sometimes, even when it doesn't really feel like it's serving you. And I just want to say there, there is a balance between doing something when it's you know, maybe you just don't feel like it, but you know that it's for your greater good versus doing something out of obedience or compulsion, overriding information that you're getting from your inner orientation. To me, those are two different things. And every single one of us needs to learn the difference between them. And it is different for each of us. And I want to say here, please don't get me wrong. I love going on meditation retreats. I love sitting in meditation with other people. It is one of my favorite expressions of quote being alone in public, which is my favorite way to spend time. That's like my favorite way to explain it. I love being around other people, but I love being kind of anonymous or solo and you know, people watching and taking in information and really attuned to myself at the same time. So I say all of that. I love meditation retreats. I love sitting in meditation with other people and I have tried and failed over and over and over to bring a, quote, dedicated practice home with me. As I started out this podcast episode, I said, I'm not someone that does something every single day. I've learned this about myself. Maybe I've accepted it about myself. I think I knew it for a long time. And I would beat myself up every single time and ask myself, why can't I just be like whoever I'm looking up to? They can manage a strict daily practice. Why can't I? And then I would make it mean all sorts of things about myself. And I have finally gotten to the point where I'm questioning what I've been told and taught that a daily practice is the best way to be a serious, dedicated student. I'm questioning that rather than making myself wrong, And believing that if I can just figure out how to contort myself in the right way, then I'll feel the way I want to feel. I'll feel like a good student. And maybe I'll feel in this case accomplished because look at me, I finally managed to do something every single day. And it's something I've struggled with in my 37 years of life. What I'm playing with instead is living my life as an expression of meditation. And this is where I want to say, if this feels overwhelming to you, or if this doesn't fit for you, question it this may not apply to you. This applies to me. Maybe you'll resonate with it and maybe you won't. I've started to think about meditating as a lifestyle in this way. So from the moment I wake up, when I'm showering, getting ready, petting my dogs, driving, working, walking, cooking, I'm curious about how present can I be in these areas And let me be clear here also, I am not seeking to have or be perfectly present in these moments. That is not my goal. I'm curious to see how present I can be in those moments. And for sure, I forget. I get caught up. I get tired and grumpy. Or in the case of this boiling hot Texas summer we're having, I get overheated and cranky. I get distracted. Days can go by. Though the more I practice this, the more rare it is for several days to go by before I realize it, which to me, that's like a huge win. And that's kind of the point, in my opinion. I've gotten curious about how much presence can I cultivate in my daily habits in my daily-ish habits, right? If I don't do something every day, in the practices that I do daily. I shower most days. I definitely eat every day. I drink fluids every day. There's certain things that I do do every day. And I've gotten really curious, how much presence can I cultivate in those everyday moments, kind of in the minutiae that normally I would just like speed right by, right? Like In my mind, meditation is something you sit and do for 20 minutes, and then you just move into your day and bam, 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 go through everything. And what I've started to realize after a lot of curiosity and thought around this is that that is not the point. That is not the point. The point is not to like have a perfect practice for 20 minutes and then like go through the rest of your life, you know, on autopilot or semi-mindlessly or really caught up or being really critical of yourself. That's not the point. I hope that what you are hearing in this conversation that we're having is the way that I am partnering with myself. I am using this practice as a tool to befriend myself to witness with care and attention what my experience is right now. And then in the next moment, and then in the moment after that, I believe that this is the seat of awareness that we are all seeking. And it is a source of great joy, even in the hard moments to be present with oneself, to be present with your inner experience, to be present with the people or the beings in your life. That's what we're all craving and wanting and seeking, in my opinion. I want to share a, I guess it's a metaphor that a meditation teacher offered me several years ago. I was on a silent retreat at Spirit Rock, which I highly recommend if you're looking for meditation retreat places. It's a beautiful place. It's such a healing place in Woodacre, California. It's just a special, special place. And they do silent meditation retreats. They also do non-silent meditation retreats. This was the last retreat that I went on. This was a few years ago. And I had gone on one, I think around six months prior. So I did them kind of close together, which is, I think, a little crazy. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. But that's just kind of my personality. And so I knew that from the first one, so I went on one, I think it was in August. I went on the first week long silent meditation retreat. And I left and I'm like, I'm going to have a daily practice. I'm so committed. I'm going to do this perfectly. And I got home and it was so hard to incorporate it into regular life with all of the demands and all of my existing habits and just the busyness of life. So then I went on the second retreat. It was in December And at that point I knew, right. It's not easy to just like bring this practice home, even if it became easeful, I'm not going to say easy, even if it became easeful on retreat. And so the only time that you're allowed to talk is if you book a, like a session with one of the teachers, if you're struggling, if you're questioning, if you're needing support. And so I signed up for one and I was telling the teacher, I'm like, I know how hard it is to bring this practice home. And I was just very attached to doing it right. And I was explaining this to him and he used this analogy. He said that going on silent meditation retreats is like practicing baseball or softball. You're in practice mode. You've removed all of the distractions of normal life. You're just focused on what you're doing. You're supported. There's people around you. You're in community. And then he said, going back home in real life is like playing the game of baseball or softball. And what he was saying was that it took me a while, like years to really understand what he was saying. What he was saying was that it's great to go off and practice. And I think as creative people, we all you know, need retreats. We need to go do things away from our normal life and be immersed in them. And have the space and the experience to question and like evaluate and take in new mediums and learn things and be around like minded people. But when you go back into your real life, that you're playing the game, right? That's real sports practice. And I'm not a sports person, so baseball practice isn't real, right? Playing the game is what's real. So going back into your life and playing the game of life is what's real. And so we practice on retreat or for a baseball game, but what really counts is showing up and playing the game. And that has stuck with me in a lot of ways, not just with meditation, because I think that we obsess with doing practice right, and we miss the whole point. The whole point is not being a perfect practice student. The whole point is practicing, going off and learning, and then coming back into your real life and integrating that information and adjusting things and changing and updating areas of your life. That's the point. The point is not to have a perfect practice and then go back to your life and like bring none of it with you. Right? I hope I'm explaining that because it was very profound for me. So I am really curious how this is landing for you. If you have a tendency to be hard on yourself about having a consistent meditation practice or other practices, creative practices, writing practices, exercise practices. I hope listening to this gave you ideas for how to customize a meditation practice. Remember what practice means for you, not a strict rule to judge yourself against, to judge if you're doing it good enough. That's not the point here. And If moment-to-moment awareness sounds overwhelming to you right now, then give yourself parameters that feel and sound supportive and nurturing. Check in with yourself to source them. I would encourage you not to look for answers from someone else. You know yourself best, and you can use this as an experiment to befriend yourself even more. And if you have thoughts about this, please send me a DM on Instagram, I am so curious what you think about this concept that I've been tinkering with, this idea of meditation as a lifestyle versus a strict practice, or if it applies to you creatively or exercise or walking or writing or anything. I would love to hear how this is landing for you. That is what I have for you today. I am so glad that you are here and that we get to walk our paths together. See you next time. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening today. If you want to feel intuitive in your creative practice and tap into your one in eight billion perspective and contribution, head over to www.jenmoulton.com newsletter and get my intuitive creation audio ritual. You'll receive my unique process to reliably tap in before you make any creative work so that you can overcome procrastination, overwhelm, and where do I start itis. See you next week.